0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Nothing quite like a long weekend. Very much enjoyed, very much enjoyed uh, time away from the grind, time with family and friends. Just uh, eating, drinking, being merry. It was uh, well-deserved, if I do say so myself, and uh, definitely a good time. Hope you enjoyed your weekend as well. We're back to it now, though. Back to the real world. Kids back in school. My uh, second grader and my preschooler both uh, leaving leaving the house today to go off into the big, bad world and uh, prove themselves and apparently had a good uh, good day their first run out. Happy for that. Hopefully, if you have uh, little ones headed in that direction as well, they're also meeting with uh, expected success. We're going to get to it here tonight on Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. We're going to do so by getting into a, a, a topic that's really heady, Really, kind of, kind of intellectually meaty, and I think that's okay given the relaxation that we all just enjoyed over a long Labor Day weekend. Speaking of Labor Day, later in the program, we're gonna ask the question that nobody seems to to really broach, which is why, like, why is there a Labor Day, and what, why are we even recognizing, and why do we care? I think that's that's something that's worth our attention for at least a segment. We'll get into that later in the program. For tonight, at this moment, we're going to uh, welcome onto the show Cody Leibolt, a, uh, the co-host of a new podcast that I started listening to and highly recommend called For the New Christian Intellectual. And you can stream that at TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com or stream uh, this show our interview at Tw- TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com and on your iHeartRadio app. You can also catch up with the podcast of this show right there in the iHeartRadio app. Just do a search for Closing Argument. We are here 9 to 11 weeknights, and appreciate you tuning in as always. Brad Omlin producing the show tonight, and we'll be taking your calls later at 651-989-5855. Before we bring Cody on the line, I just want to kind of broach the subject. Actually, let's go ahead and and introduce him. Cody, welcome to the program. How are you doing tonight?
1: Hey, Walter. Uh, Great to hear from you.
0: It's great to hear from you. Great to have you on the program. And it's a little surreal having uh, just recently listened to your podcast and now talking to you. And, of course, we've known each other over Facebook for quite some time, and this is our, our in-voice meeting. So uh, it's it's nice to to finally meet you, sort of, kind of.
1: Yeah, you too. Yeah, I really enjoyed following you, uh, finding your articles and sharing them, and trying to follow in your footsteps because you talk about some really important things. And uh, Jacob Brunton and I are working to do the same.
0: Yeah, Jacob Brunton, your co-host. On the podcast for the new Christian intellectual who we've had on the program before and that was one of uh, it might be my favorite interview to in order to (laughs) to tick off some of my other guests but I just just for the subject matter alone and we're going to broach it again tonight because I think it's really important before we get into it though. I think it's important given the format of this station and the format of this show, what we typically talk about, to kind of lay the groundwork of why we're even talking about this, right? Because this is not a Christian talk station and, you know, theology and religion is not typically the kind of thing that you hear talked about on a station like this or on this show. The reason why I'm having you on is the same reason why I had Jacob on and and, and I think it's important to acknowledge that there is a very significant and I think causal link between the culture and our politics and thereby our policy. Like what we think and what we value and how we come to the conclusions that we do is the environment in which our politics kind of percolates and, and cooks, so to speak, and gives us the result, which is candidates and parties and platforms and policy. So it's important to take a look at those aspects of our culture which are foundational and which and which play a strong role in forming our worldview. And it just so happens that we live in still a majority Christian culture here in the United States of America. And so taking a look at Christianity and what Christianity is and some of the, the prevailing views within Christian thought and how those translate into our political thinking is a worthwhile endeavor, and that's what we're going to do here tonight uh, with Cody Leibolt our, our guest on the phone tonight on Closing Argument. His podcast, again, is For the New Christian Intellectual, which you can find at christianintellectual.com. I have that right, correct? That's correct. So the the first question I have for you, Cody, is why do we need a new Christian intellectual, or perhaps why do we need a Christian intellectual at all?
1: Yeah, well, like you were saying politics is downstream. And if there is a large number of people in in the society that believe that Christianity is true, and they believe that Christianity teaches Marxism and intersectionality and socialism and welfare statism, collectivism, well, then that's going to weigh heavily on the side of that political ideology, and that's going to push us over the edge. I mean, and that's what we're seeing. If you I mean, our society is moving toward that direction, but when it starts happening in the church, that's gonna—that's a huge block of people that are gonna start voting that way. And so, I mean, we want to change the direction of what people are thinking in the church, what people are teaching in the church, so that they will have an impact. First of all, and you know, we believe we believe that these ideas are true, and as Christians, we want Christians to, to have true ideas. But also, we we want to be a salt and light in the world, and. How are we going to do that if we're advocating falsehoods?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that you you can't emphasize that point enough. It's that this is not primarily a quest uh, on your part, and I'm just you know paraphrasing what you just said. It's not a quest to as a primary, achieve a political end, right? It's not like let's figure out how we can manipulate Christian theology in order to achieve a certain public policy goal. Rather, this is a a, a attempt to, as you guys stated on the podcast, continue the reformation of Christian thought so as to promote an accurate biblical worldview, which in turn will result in better politics and better policy.
1: Yeah, and you know, if there's a, someone listening right now that is an atheist or somebody that is um, a Christian or some something else beside those two viewpoints, what I'm saying is good news if you believe in liberty, individual rights, because— it means that they're going to be more christians that right. are going to be advocating liberty and individual rights so there's something that we have in common um, yeah mostly our podcast is oriented toward people who are within the the christian worldview but it's there's still a lot of work to be done within that worldview
0: yeah i think it's it's it would be very much worthwhile for non-believers and adherence to other faiths to take a listen to uh, what you and Jacob Brunton are doing. Cody Leibolt, our guest here tonight on Closing Argument, um, their podcast called For the New Christian Intellectual, which you can find at christianintellectual.com. Uh, I think it's worthwhile for any given potential audience, even if you don't share um, your guys' particular beliefs, and if, indeed, especially if you don't, because I think it highlights the fact that there is a a diversity of thought um, within Christianity and also that there's a continuing, that, that it's a, it's, it's a, it's an alive community, right? Like there's actually a living process taking place. It's not stagnant. It's not monolithic. And that there is, there has been change throughout the history of the church and there continues to be a need for change refinement, if you will, not, not a arbitrary change, not a change into, to some new or, or uh, innovative direction, but a reformation, a uh, refinement of things that don't belong within the thought process to actually get to the core of what Christianity actually is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We don't think that we are innovating. We believe that we are returning to a a perspective that is seen in different Christian thinkers throughout the past, but more importantly, that's founded on what the Bible says, or founded on what even— you know, as you pointed out, even an atheist can understand what is morally true. Right. And, I mean, your article, you know, about atheists can be moral, too, and morality is objective. Right. Yeah. You can prove it. And I appreciated those articles. And the the point is, no matter who you are or where you're coming from, this is a discussion that we need to be having because our culture is shifting so quickly a mm-hmm. sort of different a different vision of the relationship between the individual and the collective. Right. And it is frightening. Right.
0: Yeah, I think that you know we talk uh, often on this program about the the tendency within both the media and the the political establishment for lack of a better term to create artificial divisions between groups in order to pit those groups against one another and and thereby you know kind of conjure or draw off the energy in order to put towards a political purpose so you know whether it's a racial division or a religious division or whatever the case may be a class division division is a big part of cr- creating the drama and the conflict okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah And I think one of the the important things that you guys are trying to do, and certainly that I've made an effort to do in in my own uh, writing previous to uh, to and alongside of what you guys are doing, is is to get people to realize that all, some of these divisions are absolutely legitimate, but others of them are manufactured. Others of them d- don't do not need to stand. And and one of these divisions is between you know people who are religious and people who are not, right? There's, there's this idea that you have to – if you're religious, you have to be against people who are not. And if you're not religious, you have to be against people who are, specifically in the realm of politics and the, the promotion of political ideas. And to your point, a- adherence to the principle of individual rights and recognition of the, the kind of objectively derived uh, morality uh, – that, that requires no revelation in order to discern, that you can see just through the general revelation of creation what is right and what is wrong, that is something that people can agree with whether they are believers or not and, and something that we need to come to agreement with each other regardless of our religious affiliations or belief systems in order to have any hope of, of salvaging a culture which can promote freedom.
1: And that is something that people are starting to come around to seeing. Um, you're seeing this from atheists that are saying, you know what, if we are only bashing Christians, and you're seeing this from Christians, if we are bashing people, uh, this this is not going to help us establish all the values that we actually believe in, mm-hmm. because it's not about putting somebody else down. And so, you know, Ben Shapiro, uh, he he always says, even if you're a religious person, you need to be able to argue for your viewpoint. In a way that a non-religious person will be Correct. able to understand Correct. and i love that and you know i've seen i've seen other people pick up on that
0: yeah absolutely you, you in in the, the way i put it is that when, when you're arguing for policy, specifically public policy you have to do so from a a secular perspective and utilizing objective rational bases because otherwise what you're setting yourself up for is for the next person to come along with their arbitrary worldview and impose that through law, which you know is uh, not going to end up with the results that you'd like. When we come back, I want to get into it, having laid the groundwork for you know what it is generally that you're trying to do and and why there's this need to reevaluate or to challenge some of the the dogma that exists currently within the the Christian worldview. I want to dig down a little bit deeper into what these ideas actually are that uh, you, Cody Leibold, and Jacob Brutton discuss on your podcast for the new Christian Intellectual, which can be found at ChristianIntellectual.com. My name is Walter Hudson. This is Closing Argument, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Nowadays, it's easy to find countless examples of people speaking in the name of Christianity trying to employ that faith and basically, in my view, hijack that faith tradition in order to promote ideas that are strictly political and, uh, in, in my view, antithetical to what Christianity and Scripture actually teaches, but more and more common, more and more popular. As the days go by, you know, ideas like socialism, right? Social justice—the idea that we government needs to do something to solve the world's problems in the name of Christ, right? This is an idea that is increasingly popular. You see it promoted from the likes of Jeremiah Wright. Um, You know, there there's any number of uh, figures, people who call themselves teachers, people who call themselves pastors, who have engaged in this sort of incestuous relationship between Christian theology and the promotion of socialist causes, and we're answering that somewhat here tonight on Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. On the line with us, we have Cody Leibolt, who is the co-host uh, of a podcast called For the New Christian Intellectual. Um, he does that along with Jacob Brunton, who's also been a guest here on the program. I want to get into, Cody, some of the specifics of what you and Jacob talk about uh, on your podcast and, and what you focus on in your work over there at christianintellectual.com. Before we do, however, I'm going to test my uh, my phone wrangling skills here, see if I can lock you in and bring on our caller, Mike, from Woodbury. Welcome to the program, Mike.
2: Uh, thanks a lot for having me on, Mr. Hudson. I really appreciate it. Um, I really enjoy your discussion tonight with Mr. Leibold. I wanted to point out something, and I hope Uh, Contributes positive Sure I describe myself as someone who's a fallen Catholic, I guess Um, I'm baptized, I'm confirmed and I attended a military school when I was in high school for a couple of years taught by the Christian Brothers so I have, you know, I've been taught uh, you know, Catholicism and whatnot Um, This weekend there's some things that have happened in my life personally that have me kind of reassessing my faith in the, the category of divine providence, uh, also known as divine intervention, and I was, I saw a movie this weekend that really intrigued me, and I decided to pick it up and watch it. It's, it's called A Case for Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently the, I watched the movie this weekend. The, uh, this gentleman wrote a book about his experience in researching Christ. He was a reporter, I believe, for the Chicago Tribune and the book that he wrote I guess has sold fourteen million copies, so it's something right. that people a topic people were certainly interested in. And then I saw the movie and the movie particularly intrigued me because I'm an attorney and there's a, a subplot to the story about a he writes a story about a man who, who it's I don't want to ruin the, the, the story for people but it's a it's a particularly interesting subplot and I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that out there and see if that might contribute to the discussion. I really appreciate the topic you're discussing. That is very interesting to me.
0: Well, I appreciate you bringing that up, and it undoubtedly will contribute to our discussion. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you joining the program. Yeah, Cody, what, uh, what that brings to mind for me, because he's, of course, referring to Lee Strobel and uh, the book that he wrote, The Case for Christ, and the subsequent film based on that book. And w- what you're speaking to and the work that you and Jacob Brunton are doing— um with your podcast for the new christian intellectual is kind of the the premise the unspoken premise there of why you would even have to make the quote unquote case for christ right like the only context in which you need to make a case for christ is if you actually acknowledge that reason and the mind play some role in drawing you into your faith that in other words there is a relationship that is not contradictory Uh, not antagonistic between reason and faith, but actually complementary, which gets us into um, the the three major issues that you guys cover in your work, one being the role of the mind in the Christian life. Can you expound upon that a little bit?
1: Sure. Like uh, what Mike was suggesting is there has to be a reason, there has to be a case. And, you know, when I first met Jacob, it was a couple years back, and one of the first things that he emphasized to me is he said, I seek the truth, whatever the truth may be. And if it turns out that Jesus is made up, then I don't want to believe in him. Right. Yeah, right. And I said, absolutely. I'm so glad that you started there, because there's so many people that think, oh, well, this is uh, there's some other reason beside that. And I don't know if they're too clear on what that would be, because, but you know, I said, it's a reason. <laughs> what right. could the reason be if it were not a reason? Right. So we, we start there, and we say we want to pursue truth. And we believe that Jesus is the Lord. We believe what the Bible says, but we don't believe it simply because somebody told us to. We don't believe it simply because the Bible told us to. We think there's actual reasons for it. Mm-hmm. And the Case for Christ is a good book and it's gonna you know, it's gonna lay out some of the case for why we believe what we do. Mm-hmm. But the the broader the value system that we're trying to help Christians understand is that it's not okay to go around telling people that Christianity is not supported by reason, right? And that you just have to feel it, right? That, first of all, that's not an accurate report on what the religion teaches, right? And 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 second, it's going to make us look really bad, so we don't want to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, you you don't want to concede from the outset that yeah, this thing I'm about to sell you makes no sense, right? And yet and that exactly that and yet that's quite literally what a lot of people do. Yeah
1: all the time and you know they say you have to follow your heart and not your mind right and yeah. the issue the, the the trouble with that is what does that do to your life if you're allowed to give yourself blank checks on what you believe yep because you decided to yep. that has long term consequences throughout your life not just for this one question yeah and so i mean it 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 makes a christian's life worse it makes anybody's life worse So what we believe is absolutely pursue the truth, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to put us in an unusual situation because, you know, we're not presuppositionalists. That is, we don't say you have to start by assuming something. Right.
2: Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
1: The consequences, and we're not—we uh, don't believe that faith is a means of knowledge. Mm-hmm. We, we believe that reason is the means of knowledge, and that's not to downplay the role of what God has said, what we mm-hmm. call divine revelation, right. special revelation. Well we don't—we don't see those as the same category. It, right. It's uh, you have to reason about what somebody has claimed in order to determine who they are and whether it's true.
0: Yeah, you you have to have a a rational basis for considering revelation in the first place and and regarding yeah. it to be true. Um, to just to remind folks, you know, if they're just recently tuning in here, there's no need to, uh, to, to question your dial or to change your dial. You have not tuned into the Christian talk station. The reason we're talking about this tonight on closing argument on a conservative political talk show is because it does have real world applications to our politics. This culture is the stream from which politics flows. And uh, to to Cody's point, um, our guest, Cody Leibold, the co-host of For the New Christian Intellectual, a podcast you can find on iTunes and at christianintellectual.com, you know, to his point, what happens when people write themselves a blank check for believing whatever they feel like in absence of reason? Well, we don't have to guess. We don't have to imagine. We've seen countless examples of it throughout history. And particularly in this context of religious thought, we've seen it in the form of inquisition, right? Or like the Salem witch trials or whatever the case may be. When when you believe, when, when your basis for your beliefs is your feelings and your imagination and it rests upon the the affirmation of some authority to tell you what is true and what is not then when somebody comes along with a claim that's contrary to yours you get angry and it, and it presents a sort of threat that people react to in a violent way just look at modern day islamic terrorism right or look back at the the spanish inquisition or or whatever example you want to point to when people don't root their beliefs in reason they tend to react violently whether in a in a spontaneous sense or through the organization of something like government when we come back we're going to expound upon the, this false dichotomy between reason and faith And uh, get a little bit deeper into the work of Cody Leibold, our guest on the phone tonight, and his uh, partner, Jacob Brunton, and their podcast for The New Christian Intellectual. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. There's a certain point past which we all must acknowledge reality. Right. Like no matter what fantastical nonsense you subscribe to, at the end of the day, gravity is real and you have to deal with it. And if you don't, if you act in a way which ignores the fact that things fall, including human bodies, eventually you're going to do yourself harm up to and including causing your own death right you know there are other ways economic realities economic truths that cannot be escaped no matter how much we close our eyes and wish really hard you know and toss up uh, confetti you know in celebration of the the novelty of social justice that there's no getting around the fact that a particular form of labor is worth a particular amount of pay and yet we try to circumvent that with government mandates minimum wages you know, work Uh, restrictions and what have you, left and right, and that has an impact upon the economy. There are a variety of ways in which our desire to circumvent or do away with realities that we don't like causes harm, real palpable harm to ourselves and others. And part of that, part of that is to some degree, I don't want to use the word caused, but certainly facilitated by the way we approach our faith, the way we think about our religion, the way we think about God. For far too many of us, we compartmentalize our, our faith lives, our religious worldviews, in this particular little compartment of, of our mind in which we allow a certain degree of fantasy, right? We, we depend upon our, our own imagination of the way things are, versus questioning whether or not things are true or false, utilizing the same rational processes with which we would test any other claim in the real world. We're talking about that tonight and the political ramifications of it with our guest on the line, Cody Leiboldt, co-host of the podcast for the new Christian Intellectual, which uh, you can find at christianintellectual.com. And on iTunes. This is Closing Argument. My name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 1035 FM, twincitiesnewstalk.com, and your iHeartRadio app. Two ways to stream the program. We are here nine to 11 weeknights. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Our podcast is right there in iHeartRadio. Just do a search for Closing Argument. Cody, I wanted to get into and you are back with us, aren't you? I'm here. Great. I wanted to get into this dichotomy that exists in the culture between reason and faith. You know, commonly when you're you're dealing with somebody who's a non-believer and who's skeptical of theism they'll eventually come around to making this point that you have to choose. You have to choose whether or not you're going to be a person who lives according to reason or a person who lives according to faith in in a way similar to how I just did in in the reference to gravity, right? Like either you're going to rationally concede to the reality of gravity or you're going to engage in some fantasy which fails to acknowledge that gravity exists and there's going to be real world consequences to that. And they they apply that to the whole concept of theism, the whole concept of faith and religion, and say, your God does not exist, cannot exist, because in order to believe in him, you have to engage in an act of faith. How do you answer that?
1: Well, I will grant that what what they're saying is you either have to treat faith as a means of knowledge— or you have to go by reason, I grant that 100%. Your means of knowledge is either your feelings, which people call faith very often, or your means of knowledge is what you observe and your logical processing, conceptualizing about what you observe. And so, I mean, now that I've granted that, I wanna say that there is a category shift that it's kind of sneaky, but if you contrast reason with faith, Um, You know, people would want to say it's either got to be one or the other, but that only works if you think that those are in the same category, if if you're treating both of those as, is this my means to knowing something? Right. I don't think that faith is your means to knowing something. I think that faith is a response to knowing something. Right. I I think that once you know something and are convicted of it, then you make a decision that you're going to follow that and act accordingly, and that means faith. So uh, I decided to marry my wife. I, I made a decision based on my observations that she was going to be the woman for me. And then now each day of my life going forward, I put my faith in her. That is, I, I continue acting on the decision that I made in the past. But that decision on the, it made in the past was based on knowledge.
0: Right. Right. And the knowledge wasn't, you, like, you didn't just meet a random woman on the street and say, I'm going to put faith in her. Like, you based it on something. Yeah, there was a rational process involved in coming to that conclusion. And I think this is important. I think another way to put it is that there is no escaping faith. Everyone engages in acts of faith all the time. I have never been to or seen physically seen China, but I have faith it's there, and the reason why is because I'm I'm resting upon the the rationally acquired knowledge uh, that has been passed to me by other people through through means of communication, right? And and you know, every step you take, you place faith in the integrity of the ground under your feet that it is going to hold, that you are not going to trip, that you are not going to collapse into a, an abyss or whatever the case may be. You based upon your your knowledge of the past, your past experience, and your assessment of your surroundings. But you're not sitting there you know, carefully examining you know, the ground under each step and tentatively taking it in case the ground were to cave away. right? So there are degrees to which we are engaged in acts of faith on a day-to-day basis that are in no way divorced from our rational processes. And so to a large extent, you know, this is kind of a false dichotomy that's been developed. How, how does that apply then to something like theism or the Christian worldview?
1: Well, the critics of Christianity are going to listen to what you just said, and they're going to say, okay, I understand that there's different senses of the word faith, but you don't, you don't um, really believe that because when it comes time for why you believe the Bible, you're actually acting on a different principle. And they're going to say the kind of faith that is taught in the Bible is not the kind of faith that you have when you're walking down the street and then you put your faith in the road. They're going to say, the faith in the Bible says that you have to believe this because you have to believe it. And uh, my answer to that is, well, let's read the Bible. Let's find out. Uh, let's look and see. When when um, John writes, I told you about all these things about what Jesus said and did so that you will know and so that you'll be able to believe, he's making a reasoned case. When right. Peter stands in front of the crowd and, and he says, Jesus did all these miraculous works, and you saw them— and therefore you should believe that he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. He's appealing to their observations. And throughout Scripture, you see Paul reasoning with people, you know this, you you know this. Right. This hasn't escaped your notice. And um, there's, there's never a situation where somebody in the Scripture goes up to somebody else and says, you just have to believe because I say you just have
0: right. to believe. Right, right. On my and, authority. Yeah, right.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now, there's a couple of different discussions we could have. Is Christianity true? That's one discussion. Sure. But what about, let's talk about, what does Christianity teach about itself? What claim does the actual Bible make about its own claim? And what it is claiming is certainly not the kind of you feel it, and therefore it's true that we see so much in the world today.
0: Right. When we return, I, I want to get into, you know, because we've, we've spent a lot of time necessarily on what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your podcast for the New Christian Intellectual uh, with your partner, Jacob Brunton. We're speaking to Cody Leibolt, uh, who is the co-host of that podcast. We spent a lot, a lot of time talking about what it is that you're trying to accomplish in terms of a continuing reformation of Christian worldview, and we've hinted that this has repercussions in our ongoing consideration of politics and public policy, because of course politics flows downstream from culture and culture in the United States of America at least is largely informed by the Christian worldview. And so th- it's important to you know take a look at, at a lot of the dogma and kind of trace how it is giving us the results that we're currently seeing in our political outcomes. When we return, I wanna spend our, our uh, last time together, our last few minutes together examining exactly how that's happening and um, considering how the the reconsideration of some of this dogma could very clearly and and quickly result in a political reformation that could grant us all a higher degree of liberty. Closing argument, my name's Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. If you found this conversation stimulating tonight, I hope you'll check out For the New Christian Intellectual. That's the name of a podcast that is co-hosted by our guest on the phone tonight, Cody Leibolt, and his partner, Jacob Brunton. Together, they are working to continue the reformation of the Christian worldview uh, in order to promote rationality, which is kind of important. And the reason we're talking about it here tonight on a conservative political talk show on a news talk station is because this has real-world, meaningful impact upon where our public discourse goes. You know what the what the populace thinks, how the populace thinks, and therefore the policies that we end up seeing enacted in law, the candidates who we see manifesting through our our two-party system every two to four years, and uh, it has real impact upon our lives as a result, and it. it determines whether or not we're going to live in the condition of liberty or live to one degree or another under the control of arbitrary tyrants. Closing argument is the name of this program. My name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. Cody, we, we spent a lot of time this hour talking about uh, what it is that you're trying to accomplish uh, with your podcast I'm talking about the the need within Christianity to reevaluate the relationship between uh, reason and faith and, and kind of questioning a lot of the dogma regarding this false dichotomy between reason and faith. What I want to get to now, and, and I, and I want to ask you about it, is what are those real-world impacts upon uh, our lives that manifest in policy, manifest in, in a lot of the political and cultural ideas that are popular right now, in your view, you know what are some of the, the instances uh, and, and most concerning a- aspects of how a lack of reason, specifically within the Christian worldview, has manifest in really bad political ideas?
1: Well, there is no doubt a connection between your perspective on reason and your perspective on what is the right role of the government and the state within our society. And there's a reason why... If you you know if you look up Reason magazine or if you, if you look up anything that is an advocacy of freedom, individual rights, that it's always uh, it's always the, the term reason comes up so much. And there's a reason why on the other side, if you think about what is a bleeding heart liberal supposed to mean, well that means it's somebody who bases their decisions based on what they feel. And um, if you were to look at our world today. One of the biggest problems that's a common thread running through every instance of insanity is that people are worshiping their own feelings. People are worshiping their own, <laughs> own whims. And if Christians are not standing up and saying Christianity is a reasonable worldview, right? that's just one less voice in the community that is saying that reason matters.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. When, when Christianity is offered as just another alternative to whatever makes you feel good, then it's going to be judged as such. Yeah, you know, people are going to test it in that light of, do I prefer this totally arbitrary, subjective worldview to the one that I had previously adopted? Which doesn't necessarily result in uh, a better, clearer thinking.
1: Yeah, when you take reason seriously, what that means is that anything that you're going to claim, if you're going to say, I believe this and you should too, then right. you need to be able to lay out the reasons, and you need to get more granular as somebody asks more questions. You need to be able to say, well, what's the premise there? Well, I can explain the premise there, and it needs to go back and back and back. Mm-hmm. And the answer cannot be, oh, well, it was because it was in some encyclical that someone wrote 150 years ago. Right. And it yeah, cannot okay. be, well, John Calvin argued this. Right. There has to be a reason that you can see with your own eyes. Yeah. And If somebody tells me that you know that liberty – needs to be subordinated to the needs of society, mm-hmm. and then they wanna make their argument. I say, can you explain it to me in a paragraph or two? Right. And they say, no, well, I know there's a problem, yeah. because I know they don't understand their own argument. Right. And that reason is on the side of liberty, and it always has, so it's a straight line from, from recognizing reason and the importance of the truth, understanding the importance of thinking in principle, to therefore, when it comes to thinking about political questions, you have to acknowledge reality. Not only that, you have to acknowledge the role of the mind, of the individual person's mind in human flourishing. And that's something that you know that you see in every economic argument for capitalism is that if you let people use their own minds, then they will prosper.
0: Yeah, we have way too little time left to get too deep into this, which is unfortunate because it's really crucial to, to what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your work, Cody Leibold. And that's that you know i I, I view perhaps the um, largest error coming out of supposed Christian thought that's contributing to our confused and anti liberty political movements is is the notion of sacrifice for its own sake and and the justification of socialism on the grounds that it is a sacrificial system whereby the individual subordinates their own needs to the needs of the group. And and I hate to do this to you because it's really not fair. We'll have you back on the program, I promise. But in one minute, tell me what's wrong with that.
1: The trouble is both Democrats and Republicans, unfortunately, have bought into this system. And when that happens, you get one group of people, Democrats, arguing we need socialized medicine. And then the people that are arguing against socialized medicine say, well, you know, you're right. right. It's really our moral yes. responsibility, but you can't afford it. So right. uh, we're going to come up with a plan that's almost exactly like it. Yeah, <laughs> That's what's wrong.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't have picked a better example of it. You're absolutely right. There is no moral conviction on the part of the so-called libertarians amongst us, you know the folks within you know, the Republican Party or the conservative movement who claim to be advocates of liberty. They have no moral conviction upon which to confidently base their opposition to socialist ideas because they've bought into this perverted view of Christianity that we are called upon to sacrifice our values for the sake of others. We will have you on again, Cody Leiboldt. Uh, People can find your podcast for the new Christian intellectual with Jacob Brunton at ChristianIntellectual.com and on iTunes. Thanks once again for coming on the program tonight. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Anytime. I I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I could talk talk to him for two, three hours, and we definitely will have uh, both him and Jacob on the program again. When we come back, we're going to apply what we talked about this hour to some of your headlines. Closing argument. My name's Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Judy
1: was boring.
0: Hello.
2: Then
1: Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy.